Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the bird and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. It's actually attacked two railroad workers, uh, killed livestock. You know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. Radio. It is September 20th, 2015, and I'm your host, Shane Corson. My uh, good friend and uh, fellow co-host, uh, Gunnar Monson, is unavailable tonight. And, of course, uh, Gunnar Monson is the founder of Sasquatch Coffee, and you can find that wonderful and delicious coffee at www.squatchcoffee.com. Now, uh, in place of Gunnar this evening, uh, sitting in for him, is my good friend, and uh, co-host for the evening and fellow Olympic Project member, Shelly Cummington. How are you doing, Shelly? I'm doing great. Hey, Shane. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in here. You know, uh, Gunnar's celebrating a little anniversary, so uh, uh, I know he contacted you to join us. So, you know, thank you so much for uh, jumping in here. It's going to be a great show. Absolutely. Thank you for asking me. I, I truly enjoy it, and I'm happy to be here. So, yeah, it'll be an awesome show. I'm really excited for the guest. Yeah, fantastic. Um, before we get to the guest, uh, I'm going to have uh, – we got Craig Woolheater here, here of uh, CryptoMundo.com uh, to tell us a little bit about the uh, upcoming Texas Bigfoot Conference. Uh, Craig, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. Great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you want to you want to tell us a little bit uh, about this, uh, you know, the, the conference coming up, and uh, you know, fill in the audience as to any details. Sure. Um, what we um, have is um, <clears throat> I'm the co-founder of the Texas Bigfoot Research Center, and starting back in 2001, um, I started hosting. Um, the original Texas Bigfoot Conference in the original location, which is Jefferson, Texas. 
and um, the conference has gone through a, a couple of different iterations. Uh, was moved out of Jefferson in 2009 to Tyler. Um, uh, the the Texas Bigfoot Research Center in 2007 uh, reformed, reorganized as a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, Texas Bigfoot Research Conservancy. And I left that organization in 2010 after spearheading the conference um, all those years from 2001 to 2010. Um, <clears throat> in 2013, the organization re- reformed as the, the North American Wood Ape Conservancy and held one conference as that organization in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, last year, I decided to reorganize the original conference um back in jefferson where it originally started and uh we got a a warm reception there and uh so uh, we've decided to at least for the time being hosted as an an annual event again in jefferson so um three weeks from this weekend uh october 10th actually on saturday um we're hosting the 2015 original texas bigfoot conference in Jefferson, Texas. Got some great speakers lined up. Um, Lyle Blackburn, um, who is a uh, Texas Texan cryptozoologist, um, does a lot of speaking engagements, a lot of TV. Um, Ken Gerhard, the same thing, a Tex- uh, Texan cryptozoologist who does a lot of speaking engagements in television. Uh, Nick Redfern, uh, originally from Great Britain, um, who resides in Texas now as well and has done um, a lot of cryptid research here in the United States as well as um, does uh, other subjects, UFO, uh, Men in Black. Uh, We've got John Kirk from British Columbia, the president of the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club. And um, we had uh, William Dring Guinness um, had to drop out as a, a speaker and uh, another Texan cryptozoologist and an all-around nature guy, uh, Chester Moore, has stepped in. Um, and what's really cool about, about the conference is even though it is the original Texas Bigfoot Conference, each one of these speakers um, also – looks into other cryptids, and as such, um, each speaker will be giving two presentations, uh, one Bigfoot slash Sasquatch presentation and one uh, presentation that's their cryptid of choice. Um, so I just let them run with whatever cryptid that they were, wanted to talk about. or um, that, And so we have, um, you know, during the conference, 10 different presentations um, Lyle will be speaking about the Bigfoot of the Piney Woods, uh, the East Texas region, uh, where the majority of the uh, Bigfoot sightings take place in Texas. Um, he'll also be speaking about um, modern sightings of uh, reptilian humanoids, a.k.a. Lizard Man. He's wrote, uh, written a, a really good book about uh, um, the Bishopville, uh, South Carolina Lizard Man, that um, Scape or Swamp, that uh, the original sightings really took place in the 80s. Um, so he'll be speaking about those two subjects. Uh, Ken Gerhard, who uh, most recently has been one of the um, 
one of the cast members of the show Missing in Alaska that started on the History Channel and moved to H2. Um, he'll be speaking about uh, Bigfoot and other mystery primates of Alaska. And then just a menagerie of mystery beasts, just uh, various other cryptids that he's um, looked into um, uh, from um, chupacabras to flying humanoids. Uh, you know, he's looked at and investigated all kinds of different strange creatures. Uh, John Kirk will be speaking about um, Sasquatch in Canada, as well as he has a new book, Cadbosaurus, the Sea Serpent of Cadbury Bay. So he'll be speaking about um, the aquatic cryptids there on the West Coast. Um, Chester Moore uh, will be speaking about, uh, you know, one of the big skeptical questions about uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot is why no, why no bones, why no bodies? Um, so one of his presentations is why no Bigfoot bones, a wildlife journalist look at the most common and perplexing Sasquatch-related questions as well as talking about uh, wolves and their hybrids in the American South. Um, there aren't supposed to be any wolves in Texas, according to Texas Parks and Wildlife, but there are sightings of creatures that um, not necessarily coyotes, but uh, wolves. I'm, I myself have seen a red wolf in East Texas back in uh, 1999 myself, uh, so I know that they are out there as well. <clears throat> Nick Redfern um, we'll be uh, giving a Bigfoot presentation uh, about a theory that uh, that uh, the creatures, those creatures, live underground, and um, also on a chupacabra presentation. He's got a new book on the road in search of the chupacabra. So those guys will be speaking about all those different subjects during the conference. But um, we also have two um, VIP dinners uh, Friday night there in Jefferson at Don Juan's Mexican restaurant that uh, basically a meet and greet to uh, rub elbows with the speakers as well as um, other people like myself, um, Monica Rollins, uh, who is my co-organizer of the event, uh, Gino Napoli, one of the original members of the uh, Texas Bigfoot Research Center, and, and uh, other people like that um, at the Mexican restaurant. We'll be having a, a all-you-can-eat enchilada and taco bar um and uh ken and nick will be giving a special presentation on some uh, you know not something that they will necessarily be talking about um at the conference a special presentation at the dinner called monsters of texas uh, they co-authored a, a book with that title and they'll be talking about all the various and sundry um other creatures monsters cryptids um, in the great state of Texas. Um, Saturday night, I'm sorry? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Uh, Saturday night after the conference, we'll also be having a meet and greet dinner there <clears throat> at Big Pines Lodge out on the bayou leading into Cattle Lake, Big Cypress Bayou. <clears throat> great catfish. We'll be having a all-you-can-eat family-style dinner, catfish, chicken, all the fixings. And uh, Lyle Blackburn will be giving a special presentation there on updated sightings, latest news on the Falk Monster, um, which is uh, Falk, Arkansas. is only about an hour away from Jefferson there. Um, so he'll be giving an update on, you know, he's become, I guess, the kind of go-to guy 
as far as Falk Monster sightings there in the Legend of Boggy Creek and all that. So he'll be giving a special presentation at the dinner there. Um, all of that information can be found on <clears throat> on my website, Cryptomundo, which you mentioned earlier, Cryptomundo.com. Um, the pinned post on there is uh, about the conference and the up, all the updates. So if you go to that page, uh, the top listing will be about the original Texas Bigfoot Conference. So I know Shelly will be there. She was there last year. She'll be there. So all yeah. listeners out there that want to come out and meet Shelly in person, she's a she's a really a really nifty gal, pretty handy out in the field, as I'm sure Shane can attest to. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, and, and I uh, Go ahead. I was going to say it sounds like a fantastic gonna... uh, event. Uh, with an absolutely stellar lineup, uh, I you know I I I can't unfortunately make it this year, but I I suggest people do. I've heard lots of great things about uh, this conference, and uh, I know you guys will really put on a, a stellar uh, event, and everybody will be uh, have a great and informative time, I'm sure. Um, anything else? I'm we're going to jump to our guest here. Uh, no, that's really it. Just like I said, check out cryptomundo.com. For all of the conference stuff, uh, information on registering for the event, uh, we'll have some cool vendors there, not only the speakers that will be signing and selling copies of their books, but there'll be other Bigfoot-related vendors there with all kinds of um, Bigfoot accoutrements there. And um, check it out. If you have any questions, there's a link uh, on the registration page where you can ask the conference organizer a question, and that's me. So if you anybody has any questions, just go there and Shoot a, a question to me if you need if you want some information about the event that's not on the page. All right. Hey, thanks. Thank you once again for joining us and giving us an update and letting people know what's going on. Thank you, Craig. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me on and looking forward to seeing you, Shelley, at the event. See you. See you in three weeks, Craig. Thanks again for calling. Hey, no problem, guys. Have a good show. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Good night. All right, so I'm going to jump into this. Got our guest is uh, on hold waiting. So our guest tonight uh, is Doug Meacham. Uh, he's a clinical uh, hypnotherapist, uh, certified hypnotherapist uh, with a practice uh, here in, uh, in Oregon, in Gresham, Oregon. He's also a certified hypnosis instructor, NLP trainer, and is on the board of directors of the Oregon Hypnotherapy Association. He is one of only 12 people in the United States trained in a unique method of trance and recall. He combines the ultra-depth regression method and cognitive interview structure to help uh, people recall in detail their experiences and encounters. And uh, Doug has done a presentation here in Oregon at the uh, uh, at Guy Edwards Hopsquatch event, it was stellar, and I'm really looking forward to this show. And I'm going to go ahead and welcome Doug uh, Meacham to the show. How are you doing, Doug? I'm doing good, Shane. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Hi, th- Doug. Thank you uh, for um, waiting, and thank you for joining us on Monster X Radio. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. This is going to be a fantastic show. I'm really looking forward to it. I know Shelly is as well. But can you start out by just uh, letting the audience uh, know a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and what got you into this field of uh, hypnotherapy? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so 
when I was 13 years old, a family friend uh, had come over to the house and left a book uh, about hypnosis. And uh, I picked it up and I read it from cover to cover. And I thought, wow, the human mind is an incredible thing. And uh, uh, then I kind of shelved it for a while. I had the opportunity to travel to Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I lived there for a, a short time, and when I was there, I went to school at an institute called the Atwood Institute, which is a, a school specific to hypnosis and hypnotherapy, and uh, they have a, a access to the Milton Erickson Institute, which is down in Phoenix, and Milton Erickson is a very famous uh, 20th century hypnotist that brought hypnosis uh, into uh, mainstream and uh, into the medical field in in a lot of different ways. So that was 20-some years ago, uh, and from there, I've worked in uh, Washington and Oregon and California, and uh, uh, most of the time I'm helping people uh, with challenges, things that they want to change, typically smoking and, and, and weight loss, and I help people with anxieties and other things. And, of course, I help people uh, recall memories. Yes, uh, and you've done, you've done uh, some live events at the, you know, at the Hopsquatch event. Uh, you did that uh, live. Um, I believe it was, uh, it was Bigfoot-related, <laughs> but uh, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, very fascinating. And this, this subject... Uh, it, uh, it's just, I find it rather amazing. I, I get, I get like a phobia where people mess with my head. I don't know if I could be um, <laughs> hypnotized, you know, uh, or, or feel comfortable doing that. What, what sorts of, uh, what needs to go? What are the steps? I, I mean, can anybody be hypnotized? I mean, uh, or, or some people off limits or? Well, uh, that's a that's a. a an interesting question too, because there's a lot of people are told or believe that they can't go into trance. And the truth is, honestly, everybody that goes to sleep at night and wakes up in the morning goes exactly where I take them in a facilitated trance. Everybody can go into trance. Now, it has to be consensual, meaning if you decide you don't want to relax and focus and, and all of that, I can't force you to go anywhere. Um, so I always ask, hey, are you ready to do this? Is this okay that we – are you ready to go into trance? And you know, most people say yes. Otherwise, you know, of course, they've also come to see me, so there's so there's implied consent. Um, the One of the jobs of a hypnotist or a hypnotherapist is to – create uh, a a rapport with their client or the subject, and that's to uh, ease the process. It also gives the client or the subject uh, an opportunity to ask questions, to find out you know, what exactly they're going to uh, experience, uh, what they can expect. And so the, it's called a pre-talk, and it's meant to distill, um, to... Uh, dispel myths, misconceptions, and things like that. So once we've done a good pre-talk, uh, there's actually a lot of trance stuff going on in that anyway. 
and the person is relaxed and they're much, much more open to just, you know, focusing and, and going. Cause that's what hypnosis really is. It's a focusing of your concentration. You know, Shelly Shelly comes in. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say it because you, you've been you've done this sort of thing before, Shelly. So yeah, uh, please jump in. Uh, absolutely, I'm a big believer in um, just you know uh, mind control as far as self mind control um, and meditation and things like that to help us through our daily lives. And um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've been uh, hypnotized for smoking. Hypnotized for weight loss and also um, for, I don't want to call it pain control, but I was on some intense medications and I needed to be able to get through it. And I knew that hypnosis would help me if I wanted it to, you know. So the the smoking, I didn't want to quit smoking, so it didn't work. So (laughs) anyway. Um, You have to want that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes, you know, it was kind of like, I know I need to quit, but I really like it. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it kind of, you know, I went and went, and I didn't get results, but I didn't give up. But, anyway, I I truly believe in in, uh, the power of suggestion, and as long as both yourself is is willing and uh, you have a great uh, instructor who can help you and lead you through those things, then it, it works fantastically. But... I want to kind of jump back, if you don't mind, step back a little bit about what hypnosis, you told us what hypnosis really is, but um, you said uh, anybody that can sleep can pretty much be hypnotized. Okay. Um, Does that also apply to people? I'm just trying to get the basics down for people that out there that have never tried this or Anything, but can uh, people that say have any mental illness can they be actually hypnotized? If I think that's a really good point to clarify. First of all, every night when um, the average human being—I'm going to use that term—so you know, average is whatever average is, right? It, right. It's uh, we go from a waking state. And then there's uh, that that space between being awake and being asleep. I tell my clients mm-hmm. it's this. It's like, so you uh, you see somebody uh, and you don't remember their name. You know you know them, but you don't remember their name. And you go all day long. It's on the tip of your tongue. It's right outside your grasp. And it's like, who was that person? So you get home. You do everything you do before you go to bed. You lay your head down on the pillow. And right before you go to sleep, bam. Oh, it's Bob Johnson. That's what happens. Your that's called that space is called the hypnagogic state, and it's it's fairly fleeting in in a natural occurrence. But in hypnosis, we draw it out. We make certain that, that you know you stay there. So, to answer your question about can someone with mental illness or there's actually a very small group of people. That, that it doesn't effectively work. And part of that is because of their ability to, or lack of ability to concentrate. So mm-hmm. children um, under a certain age, you know, uh, it's a little bit more difficult. You can actually hypnotize uh, children, but, uh, uh, of course, with parents, parental consent and the parents are there, but you can mm-hmm. work with that. Uh, someone who is inebriated, uh, drunk, that doesn't work, mm-hmm. uh, partly because their ability to focus is. And someone who has uh, certain me- mental illnesses, 
same thing. Uh, it's 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 very very important to focus. Now, I have had clients that come in and they say, "Well, I had ADHD." I say, "Okay, that's not a problem because it really isn't." So having an attention deficit issue is, does not automatically uh, say, "Well, yeah, you might as well go ahead and just keep on doing what you're doing because I can't help you." So there are there's a small group of people that it's going to be a, a greater challenge. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm still going to say that, you know, if you, if you are able to relax, you're able to, to go to sleep at night, uh, you're a pretty good candidate for trance. It's important that the hypnotists understand how to do it as well, meaning not everybody goes in trance the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people are in their head, and some people feel their experiences. Well, they don't go into trance the same way. The person that's in their head is always going to be saying, is this, going, is this happening? What do you mean by that? How come How come I'm not relaxed? It's like, oh, did I leave the iron on? All of those things. Those people, you, 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 you can't hypnotize the same way someone says, wow, this really feels incredible. I'm having a great time now, right? So uh, I'm still going to stand by, you know, everybody Basically, can go into trance. If they can follow instruction when you say relax and they understand and they can yeah. physically relax, then they probably mm-hmm. are able, as compared to those who would say are completely insane and can't follow direction, <laughs> probably aren't going to be able to do it. Yeah, um, so yes. You know, yeah. you know, there's those myths out there that people think you can be hypnotized and and you have no control, and this is not that at all. It's you, you know, no. the subject always has control, I'm assuming. Right. They always have control. That's, thank you for that, because that, that is really important. Again, when I'm working with my clients, I, I will tell them, I said, you know, if at any point in time you want to sit up and open your eyes and say, we're done, we are. I can't mm-hmm. keep you there. Also, I can't give you a suggestion that is going to get, that, that's counterintuitive to who you are. Uh, right. And you know that's another thing. And I can't make you tell me all of your deepest, darkest secrets, uh, because again, the, your unconscious mind is has a has a couple of jobs. It's to keep you happy and to keep you safe. And if I'm talking or asking questions that don't fit that pattern, uh, you, you're not going, you're not going to comply. And, uh, mm-hmm. and there's no way for me to say, oh no, you're going to do this absolutely. Because of course, then someone's going to come out anyway. But yeah, there is no mind control. There is no uh, um, I can make you do anything that you want, and you can tell me everything that I ask you because that's just that's a Hollywood thing. And you know, um, you know, it'd be really cool if we could do that because man, I'd be making lots of money. So, right. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um, I have just a couple more questions, and then yeah. you, you you touched upon um, the power suggestion, and I know we want to go into that, and I'm going to kind of give you a couple more questions, and we'll go in that direction. Um, so um, you, there apparently are different levels of hip, hypnosis. My question is, how reliable do you feel when you're hypnotizing somebody, let's say, you know, for uh, – Recall, you know, they're recalling things. How reliable would you say their memory will be in the first session or in a light session? Compared, do you need to do, you know, multiple sessions to get more detail? Does it 
you know, it doesn't all come to the surface right off the bat, or does it? And how reliable do you feel like it is? It doesn't all come up to the surface right off the bat. Um, one of the, uh, as uh, Shane mentioned, I'm uh, uh, trained uniquely in something called ultra depth. And in mm-hmm. uh, we use that, and it's a staging process. Uh, the idea, of course, is to get people into a very, what we would call a, a very, very deep somnambulistic state. So we have waking trance, which is when people daydream. And then mm-hmm. we have a, a medium trance, which, uh, you know, certain things happen. We get what we call catalepsy of, of small muscle groups and things like that. And then maybe even something called aphasia, which is when someone uh, is just so doggone relaxed, you ask them a question, it takes 10 minutes for them to answer because they are just so relaxed. And then we go into other states where a, uh, there's uh, – a deep trance called Eisdale, and that's actually where we can do surgeries or or surgeries can be formed because wow. we have now controlled bleeding through suggestion. We've controlled the, uh, the, actually, the subject has controlled. I'm not doing it. I'm just giving the suggestion, and they say, okay, now it's time to, you know, allow the blood to stop flowing, and they'll do that. Uh, I have, um, uh, there, there's lots of research, actually, there's lots of historical data that's, that shows the hypnosis is a wonderful tool for surgeries. I used it in, in the Civil War. Um, and, um, and then, and then uh, uh, recently, uh, you know, there's been surgeries in, in Scotland and all of that with people who have been actually just in France but watching what was going on for a couple of hours. And, you know, so... Um, the reliability of memory, if we can get the conscious mind out of the game, and that's really all we're doing with, it, with hypnosis, is, is that the conscious mind is the critical part of us. It's the part, again, that says, am I doing this right, or all of those things. And its job is to make certain, certain things don't get in. Mm-hmm. So when we get someone really, really relaxed, the body relaxes and then the mind relaxes. And that's the key, is getting the mind to relax. And what we're really doing is getting the conscious mind, the the part that's listening to me right now, uh, to just to go off and uh, uh, do something different, whether it's just really, really zone out or, uh, you know, um, Sudoku in their brain. I, you know, whatever that happens to be. Because once we get the conscious mind out of the way, then we can go in and we can start pulling up memories. Now, it's really important, and I'll talk about the structure of how to, to bring up those memories because there, uh, there are a lot of uh, possibilities for creating false memories. There's a lot of possibilities to uh, you know, uh, uh, create uh uh, situations that just never even happen. So it's it's important to ask questions in the right way. But uh, to answer your question succinctly, Shelley, depth really does have a lot to do with how accurate the memories are going to be. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. When you say <clears throat> that we can possibly create false memories, why do we do that? Why would we do that? Well, uh, we are 
we are fantasy creating machines. Our our mind, our unconscious mind, works off associations and symbols and all of those things. And it, we, we actually have. Um, are you familiar with a blind spot in our vision? Yes. Okay. We there's actually a, a, an area in the optic nerve where light uh, does not reach the the well. There's there's no receptors. So. Mm-hmm. Behavioralists, scientists, have looked and have determined that that blind spot is actually about the size of 17 U.S. quarters just bundled together. That's a pretty big spot. So every time you're looking out there, there's that spot that's about that size. And your brain says, oh, this is what Shelley wants to see, or this is similar to what's going on. I'll just fill it in. Mm -hmm. Is there also... Go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, I was going to say... (laughs) You go ahead. I'm going to stop. Our brain, our brain, we we can create, we fantasize, we we imagine. Mm -hmm. I I mean, everything in the room that you're in started out as someone's thought. Someone imagined that and created it. So that's that's what we do. And so if I'm saying, hey, so you're out in the woods and you're seeing this, uh, are there any cedar trees around? And you say, wow, I never noticed that. Yes, there's cedar trees. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful. Right. Because the brain right. really, really likes to fantasize. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that it also is like a um, a way to protect itself, I guess, as far as creating false memories we're protecting ourselves or or maybe needing acceptance. I'm I'm not sure but I know that it happens a lot. <laughs> and um also I just wanted is that kind of like vertigo? I mean I you know, where people say, Oh, this has happened to me before. I've absolutely been in this position and where it's actually like a dysfunction of of maybe of the the uh the electronic memory, or however it moves across the brain, skips the skips the beat. There's like an open hole. Is that what? I, I know vertigo has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but you mean like deja vu? Deja vu. I'm sorry, not vertigo. Yeah. Deja vu. No, that's okay. Sorry. That's like you were making me dizzy. No. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, deja vu, and I have absolutely no idea. It's just that sense of being there before. Uh, that I have absolutely nothing okay. to, to say. It, it fascinates me. It really does. But I don't I don't have an answer. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for answering my question. Shane, you, you want to jump in? Thank you, Shelley. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Great questions and, and, and great answers. Uh, really interesting stuff. And kind of leads us in the direction uh, of, of my question is that why, why, with your profession and, and, and expertise, what prompted you, or uh, maybe not prompted you, but what um, what led you into into uh, big Bigfoot uh, witnesses? Okay. I love this. Okay, so <laughs> I actually um, have had a, an, an interest in um, paranormal. Uh, things, whether it's uh, you know lights in the sky or whatever, I've had my my own personal, and I, I can't tell you you know that they're absolutely sure what it was. It just it's you know something that 
not normal for the human experience. And so I uh, started doing a lot of research on uh, UFOs and alien abductions. And and uh, uh, the the great thing is is that um, there are a couple of really um, uh, heavy hitters uh, early on in the the UFO phenomena that created a specific set of questions to work with uh, people who had you know, who said they were abducted or whatever. And those, that was David Jacobs and uh, Bud Hopkins. And I know a lot of people have thoughts about uh, you know, both of them. But they did create a foundation and a set of questions. And uh, uh, the questions were designed, number one, to make certain that the client or the, or the subject was very, very safe and very, very comfortable and that the questions were designed in such a way that there were no leading, basically allow the, 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 the subject to relate the information unhindered. We don't jump in unless we want clarification. And again, the clarification is in an open-ended statement because you, you, you just want them to let it bubble up. So... Um, <laughs> I also do comedy stage hypnosis. I, I, I entertain uh, people, uh, bring uh, subjects up on stage, and we have a lot of fun. And uh, one of my shows in in, in uh, Gresham, uh, I, I did, and Guy Edwards uh, was one of the people who volunteered and came up. And uh, uh, later on, Guy and I had talked, because uh, I actually didn't know him that well at that time. And he he. Uh, one didn't know and wanted to experience what hypnosis was. And uh, uh, several months ago, actually, I think even almost a year, and we were we met at a coffee shop, and uh, he said, you know, I do this uh, Bigfoot uh, um, deer and, and, and Bigfoot once a month, and would you be interested in uh, working with some subjects and seeing if you can help them recall the, uh, the the encounter and experience. And I just jumped into it because I thought this is this is really a, a, a great direction to go. And um, uh, I thought that well, yeah, the worst thing that can happen is that we don't get anywhere. And Guy uh, had come up, uh, not come up, but he had met a, a, a gentleman who said, you know, he's a really good subject uh, in the sense that, you know, his story uh, that he shared was, you know, uh, uh, pretty casual. He wasn't really wrapped up into the uh, the validation of it and things like that. Uh, so it was just it's something that happened to him. And so uh, we sat down. Uh, Guy, um, most of you know, is, is also an artist. And so uh, he sat down and drew... Uh, from the description of of our subject, what he was seeing. So we we have some some of Guy's renditions and, and interpretations uh, uh, based on the description from our subjects. Uh, and um, uh, we went through the first subject had uh, a couple of encounters, and uh, uh, I think that that it, it just worked out incredibly well. Uh, we do know that the information we got. Validated a lot of what the the uh, our our subject had uh, believed uh, that he had seen, but we also pulled up some details that he said I I just wow that's you know it was there but I don't you know it wasn't something that I readily remembered but as I looked at it and, and uh, you know was able to flesh out for lack of a better phrase the image that he had of what he had seen, so that's how I got into. 
uh, Bigfoot uh, and this, uh, uh, through Guy Edwards. Yeah, Guy Edwards has got his hands in a lot of things. I'm, it, it's, <laughs> I, yeah, but uh, you know, wow. I mean, I'm just I'm so glad that uh, you guys met and 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 went down this road. Uh, it's just you know it's phenomenal and interesting. Uh, but in regards to to these witnesses, uh, how, how many uh, how many uh, Bigfoot witnesses have have you uh, hypnotized or take you know rec- have had them recall? Through um, since Guy and I got together, we've actually talked to uh, four people, three people uh, that we did full sessions with Guy and I uh, in drawing and, and, and whatnot. Um, uh, and uh, uh, each one was uh, was really very unique and uh, uh, sometimes uh, a little bit um, uh, goose bumpish kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we we've. Uh, there's been a couple of other people who have approached us. We do, we haven't uh, solidified the uh, uh, the dates and times, but uh, we, it, it has generated a fair amount of interest, and I'm I'm, a, I'm excited about that. Well, yeah, I'm excited too. I can't wait to uh, hear more about about uh, yeah. what the future holds with this this whole, just un, it's kind of uncharted territory within the Bigfoot subjects. But do you mind? Talking a little bit about uh, some of these witnesses, uh, you know, any, especially the ones that, you know, I mean, you said three. Uh, I guess they all, mm-hmm. like you said, are kind of unique. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe talk about uh, the process a little bit uh, with each individual, right. and then maybe their encounter yeah. or what they witnessed. So, yeah. Perfect. This is what I'll do. I'll start out with. I'll, I'll explain the process because the process is really important. Um, yeah. So what we do is I. Do not ask them to tell me their story prior to, because that just keeps me from unconsciously throwing out a question or a clarification. So there's not a whole lot of conversation other than I have this encounter, and I say, okay, let's just go ahead and go from there. Um, the, the next thing we do is we actually stage hypnosis, and we get them really, really deep. We use keywords. So... Uh, you know, like for example, uh, a keyword to go really, really deep and relaxed might be uh, snowflake. All right, and so uh, that would be—I would use that word snowflake to take them down. And then sunshine might bring them back up to waking consciousness. So when we have those keywords, then everything starts to work a lot more quickly. Uh, also, there's a phenomenon in hypnosis called fractionation, and every time you bring somebody out of trance and you put them back in, they actually go deeper. So we're constantly bringing someone to a certain level and then taking them out and then putting them back in. So they're always going deeper. Now, that doesn't mean at some point in time they're going to go into this abyss. It just means that they're relaxing more each time. Then I use uh, something called the cognitive interview. And the cognitive interview allows me a structure to to uh, get information, again, without planting false memories without asking leading questions and it's just it's a it's a uh, a wonderful tool that was actually created back in 1984 uh by a couple of uh uh doctors at UCLA in their psychology department uh, Edward Gieselman and Rod, Ronald Fisher and they created the the concept of it now there's a lot of pieces to it i only use four one of them is the reconstruction of the circumstance. And what that means is that we don't just jump in and say, okay, what's happening? 
you say, okay, what? Uh, how did your day start? What were you doing? All this, everything we reconstructed because as we're doing that, then the memories start to bubble up and they're just recalling their day. We call it revivification. It means that they're reliving it. They're making it live again. So you'll start to actually hear the subject change how they're speaking. They'll say, uh, they might say, well, uh, in the morning I was um, uh, putting on my shoes, da 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 da, and now. Now I'm, now I'm walking down the path. I'm looking up and I see the trees. They're, they're, the, the perspective has changed. You will actually hear them speaking as though it's happening right now. So the first step, reconstruct the circumstances. The next one is to have them tell you every single thing. So it might be, you know, okay, what was the weather like, daytime or night? Those are typical questions. It's like, were, were there, you know, did you notice anything in the air? Did you um, uh, just get them to talk about everything, not just what they saw, but the entire experience? Because even the tiniest details can hold a lot of information. Uh, the next part is that you recall the event in a different order. And the reason we do that is because it just, it, it, it calls out the storytellers. Uh, because if you have somebody start in the middle and run backwards and they tell you their story and it's the same story, you know that you have somebody who's experiencing and recalling something factually. A lot of people who fabricate stories cannot jump in the middle of it and go backwards and keep everything in line. So if it's a true story, they're going to be able to reconstruct it in lots of different directions. The last thing we do is we change the perspective. So they're standing at a certain point, and they're having this experience. And then what we do is we say, okay, if you were standing back over there, what would you be seeing? So the, the idea is just to get a full 360 picture of the whole thing. We do that while they're in trance. So, ah. Uh, the first subject we worked with, he was 10 years old. He was in New York uh, with a friend of uh, New York State, not New York, the city. Uh, not, I don't know. Have there any been, been any sightings of, of uh, Bigfoots in New York City? Uh, so anyway, upstate uh, New York, um, I, he was 10 years old. He was riding uh, or, or actually uh, with a friend, and they were walking along a path. And um, uh, they uh, were both engaged in conversation and they tripped over a root of this path that uh, they neither one had seen and they uh, fell face first barely missing a, a log that was across the path as well. Well they looked up and they saw uh, both of them uh, what uh, the subject described as something that was about eight or nine feet tall uh, uh, and um, uh, uh, dark brown reddish hair uh, was uh, 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 he was able to talk about how the, the hair uh, flowed down from the arm the shape of the face the nose some of these things he didn't get before he just had this flash and again the, you know the uh, the experience was only a few seconds long um, but uh, uh he was able to recall all of this, the fact that it pushed over a tree, that it seemed to be a bit angry because it was seen, things like that. Actually, that's the second encounter. But um, uh, he uh, he ran home and uh, 
you know, his parents didn't quite believe him, and so that went. Sixteen years later, uh, or, or I guess it was, uh, yeah, no, 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 let me go back. When he was 16, so six years later, he had another encounter here in Oregon. And uh, uh, again, he was with a friend, and he was riding bicycles. They were going to camp out, and uh, uh, they had uh, gathered some stones so they could have a, a little fire and uh, cook some chicken. And they heard a uh, sound, and they both stopped, and they turned around, and they saw what he described as a younger uh, creature, uh, I don't know if I want to use that word, but um, uh, and uh, again, it was this one was more shocked that it had been seen. Uh, uh, this is the one who pushed the tree down, and then turned around and and, and ran off. Um, so all of these things he's been able to uh, through the process get more details. That's really all we're wanting to do is 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 that. Uh, a snapshot, you know, it's just like freeze that and tell me everything that you are experiencing right now because if we can freeze it and they can pull that stuff up, we can just start getting more and more details and just flesh it out. And uh, it's been really, really incredible uh, just to see their, their what they recalled, how they respond to it. Uh, the second gentleman that we worked with, um, <clears throat> Uh, it was a very emotional experience for him. Uh, he described it as um, uh, me and Ed Guy and I being able to give him another opportunity to to, uh, to see some friends. And uh, it was an incredibly emotional time. And he was able to describe what they looked like. And so he saw three of them uh, standing, uh, three abreast, just watching them. So... Um, uh, Again, more detail about uh, you know head structure and, and and how the the hair would lay, the shape of the face, the eyes, all of those things that uh, you know uh, just make the uh, uh, the idea a lot more concrete. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How long do these How long do these sessions last? And do you do you usually have them uh, multiple sessions with these uh, witnesses? Yes. Uh, we, I usually do three, um, sessions and, and, uh, the reason for that is, is that, uh, I will go back yeah, the second session and actually make certain because we record all of the sessions they are videotaped and audio taped. Um, so that, uh, I should just say they're, they're digitally recorded, but, um, uh, so that we have a, a record of everything that's going on. And I will look over my notes and we'll go through almost exactly the same process the second time just to make certain that, again, that the story, the experience, the encounter remains cohesive and, 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 and pretty much right in line with the first time. Again, because if somebody's telling a story, you know, it, it doesn't always stay the same. The sessions generally last about two hours. Okay. That's uh, you know, I, I guess because it takes a while to get someone in that state and and then right. uh, through the whole process, uh, recalling. Yeah, it, you know, two hours yeah. probably flies by real quick. It does once the once we've staged them though, you know, they can be sitting there. I'll just say, take a deep breath, 
snowflake and they're gone. And then I went, they're down. So I can just jump right back in. I said, okay, let's go ahead and talk about what day it was, April 12th. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about April 12th. Let's start out your day. What were you doing in the beginning of your day? And then we just go through it. And I'm, uh, the questions I might ask are, and what's happening now? And what's happening now? Uh, just, it's, it's important, like I said, not to leave them, not to feed them anything, because <laughs> it's just so simple. People in trance are very compliant, for one thing. And two, they really, really want to behave well, and they want to make the person that's talking to them happy. So if they think that I want them to tell me something, they will, just because that's that's the nature of it. So by making certain that the questions are structured in such a way that nothing can get filled in except their experience, then we're more guaranteed, if I can use that word, to get a, a cleaner memory. And, you know, they don't need my stuff in there. So um, once we've got the keyword done, we take them in, it still takes about two hours because I bring them out and we talk a little bit about what's happening. Um, and then we go back in. Um, it's um, two hours in trance is uh, really close to a full night's sleep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you know, yeah. Um, and then most people come out there. Well, I, you know, we deliberately could bring them out to, to be alert and all of that. But, you know, there have been instances where people keep, you know, their their subject under and under and under. And I, now I personally, just through my experience, I think that it's important to 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 break it. And then again, remembering the 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 uh, fractionation aspect of it. Okay, we did this. Now we're going to take them back in, and I'm going to say snowflake, and they're going to go even deeper, and we'll just keep working. So, uh, three sessions, and they all take about two hours. Gotcha. With with these witnesses too. Are you finding any patterns, any similarities, any uh, anything you could share there? That I mean, anything you know, as, as for those interested in the subject of Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. are you uh, finding any sort of similarities with these stories, or are they, or, or the, these encounters are they completely different? Similarities, most assuredly. We're we're getting uh, uh, when when we talk about. Um, uh, fur, or we talk about color, and we talk about uh, size, uh, head shape, things like that. We start. We really do. Uh, um, uh, when when guy is is uh, doing his forensic type of uh, artist's work, uh, and of course he checks in with the subject. I mean, we get we we get the yeah the nose shaped a little bit like this, or or the eyes were like this, and that we've seen a lot of similarities in. Uh, how these people are recalling and 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 the experiences of uh, you know what it looks like because that's what we've really been focusing on is what does this what does your encounter look like to you and uh, so yeah I would say that if you put them all in a room uh, they would say yeah that's 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 what I saw and uh, uh, it's it's been it's been really interesting that it's uh it's it's similar to the abduction phenomenon. I don't want to cross paths here, but you know, people who will talk about it will will say, will explain a lot of the same things uh through uh, that particular inf- phenomenon. It's the same thing with uh uh Bigfoots or, or Sasquatch that there are a lot of similarities uh in regards to the experience and so uh it has been it has been fascinating. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's important to note that there have been similarities, uh, you know, with these uh, regressions to take people back and gain some of these other details. Uh, and it's important because it shows uh, that there's something going on, there's something to it. It's not just made up. Uh, these were real uh, events, uh, and, you know, these people witnessed something. Correct, yeah. And it's, it's most assuredly, and like I say, you know, subject one was was in New York, and they came back here. Uh, subject two was in uh, Oregon, and uh, uh, subject uh, three was in Washington. And uh, um, you know, and that's only because you know they're within the proximity of coming and seeing me. Uh, and of course, they also have the connection through through Guy. Um, but yeah, we've never we've never come up with something that was glaring like, wow, that's a really big outlier that's you know and of course if we had that then you know we would look at it but it's it would probably have a whole lot less weight than everything that's stacking up and saying okay we got this we got this we got this and they're all right. similar what about where are you doing anything particularly with with the the um, info that you're receiving or anything with these witnesses i mean are you going to be are you compiling this data or uh, results uh, or are you going to be putting a book out, or, or are you just uh, sitting on it uh, and just learning as much as you can? You know, um, we are uh, – uh, that's a good way to say it. We're sitting on it. We're we're definitely compiling it, and uh, we have all of the recordings, and we have the questions, we have the intake forms and things like that. We have the drawings. So we're, we're most assuredly uh, compiling this, and um, uh, it's uh, – uh, it's a work in progress for certain. Fascinating. And then, you know, I really like to the techniques that you use um, during these sessions. I think that's a great, uh, most of it, you know, obviously two different kind of fields, but really good for uh, researchers or those interviewing witnesses after an encounter. I think your techniques are spot on uh, with um, uh, how how to approach the subject when and questioning, you know, them without leading them. Uh, into you know things that didn't happen or or you know the power right. of suggestion. Right. I think it's really yeah. good. Uh, uh, deliberately, yeah, and and like I say, the uh, uh, um, there have been a lot of you know, uh, uh, words out there about well, you know, all of you can be planning these things, and and that's why I've I've done. Uh, this very specifically and very directly that we use the same exact process with everyone. We ask the same uh, structured questions and we do it in the, the, the same pattern all the time so that we have a constant because, you know, if you start, you know, going all over the place, then your, your data is really skewed. So uh, if, if you use the same structure, you use the same tools with everyone, you are going to get, the same quality of response and data with everyone, quite probably. I mean, there's always going to be some people that aren't going to remember anything, and that's that's perfectly understandable and natural as well. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I think uh, Shelly's got a few more questions. Shelly, you got yeah. a few more questions? Yeah. Super. Sorry, I had you on mute. I'm sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so I don't make background noise. But anyway, that's that's awesome. That all that you've been talking about, and I really love the fact that you discussed um, getting people to talk about everything from different from 
say tell their story backwards, you know, yeah. and that filters out anybody that's not telling all truths, I guess, or, or filling in the blanks, or you know. Um, w- one question I have that just I'm kind of jumping around and, and and forgive me for that, but is uh, is there a, a specific age group that does better with hypnosis? Let's say like during the early years when you have more brain development or because, like, I have a, a vitamin D deficiency, so I have issues with uh, uh, my memory a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just wondering if there's a specific age group that does better under hypnosis. Not really. Thankfully, the brain has something called plasticity. And... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, let, let me share a little story. May I? Uh, sure. About yes, the regard, regard to it. Okay. Um, so uh, Alzheimer's has a tendency to really uh, deteriorate, obviously, memory and recall, right? I mean, we might, someone mm-hmm. who has Alzheimer's may not recognize uh, close family members and whatnot. Well, what they've found in uh, Alzheimer patients is that even though they may not actively be aware that they are remembering something, they are. Uh, the story, the, the example that was given to me was there was a gentleman who had uh, developed uh, uh, late-stage Alzheimer's, and uh, his daughter would come in to say hello to him, and then he would sit down and watch television. She'd go in and talk to mom, and then she would leave without saying goodbye, and he would be very angry. Why did his daughter show up without saying hello to him and all of that? They also mm-hmm. made certain that he didn't go anywhere because of his of his memory. Uh, and one day they found that he was gone, which of course was a, a great upset and they didn't know what to do. And they started searching the neighborhood. Well, he showed up home all by himself. Mm-hmm. And that prompted researchers to look and see what was going on. And because he was in the same area. His unconscious mind recognized landmarks. It didn't tell him it knew it, but it recognized landmarks. So as long as his past was the same as it had been every other time, he could find his way home and not even have to think about it. One day, mm-hmm. they were trimming the trees, and so there was equipment and stuff, and he just stopped and stood on the sidewalk because he now was confused. So the, the point of my story is, is that memory is in our mind, and we can bring it out. So it really doesn't make any difference how old someone is. I will, I will tell you that the human brain doesn't fully develop until well after we're 25 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it, because of plasticity, if we, if we keep our brain healthy, and one of the best ways to do that is to be active and to think and research and all of that, our mind can can recall and and have access to those memories well into our 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 much later years. So while you have some stuff that's going on, the memories that you have generated, the memories that you have cataloged are there and 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 they are accessible. Mhm. Great. That's awesome. Um okay, so I'll jump into um the power of suggestion, and I'll kind of give you an example of what happened to me and, and why I want to talk about this. Um, I was I just came back from, I live in Texas, 
And mm-hmm. uh, I just spent a month in uh, Oregon and Washington hiking and did some uh, expedition stuff, some conferences, you know, I just went out there with, with, with Shane and uh, with, with some other folks in a specific area. Mind you, I've never prior to this had anything I would, I'm extremely skeptical about what people call an experience or evidence. I don't mm-hmm. um, discount stories. It's just I think sometimes the power of suggestion, especially when you have a group of people you are involved with, looking for a big hairy creature, can can almost be, you know, not the best thing in the world. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you're, you know, you're hoping this is going to happen. Well, anyway, um, had some events uh, one night and. Uh, I saw something, it, it, it was very late in the wee hours of the morning. There's another gentleman with me. Everybody else was asleep. Uh, actually, there were two gentlemen. I saw something move along the edge of our uh, campsite in the moonlight. It was full moon that night, or the night before the blue moon. And I just simply was like, hey, what is that? There's something over there. And it, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. It sounded like it, I got uh, <laughs> no, But anyway, I saw something move across tree line. The other individual leans over thinking, whatever, yeah, sure, Shelly, and says, oh, my God, you know, and absolutely, you know, actually sees what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. The first thing I do is I say, don't talk about it. I don't want to hear what you saw. We will tomorrow get up in the morning, and we will draw what each of us saw without the other's influence. Because I believe that the power of suggestion, especially in this field, can be just really bad and can get out of hand. And it worried me so badly because I knew I had seen something, but I wanted to make positively sure that it was only what I saw and collaborate after we did our draw. And we did do the drawings. And it did come out as the same. I, can you touch upon the power of suggestion and what is going on in this field? I don't know if you've researched oh, yeah. a lot of what people do in these expeditions and such, but can you touch upon Abs- that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have something that, that, that you know, we, we do have a societal or a communal uh, response to things. And absolutely, what someone else talks about, we start. We can start to own. We can start to uh, accept as ours. Uh, so, yeah, while it's not a direct suggestion, you are absolutely right that you know uh, when you have a community, whether it's 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 Bigfoot or whether it's uh, uh, I don't have any, you know, just another suggestion, but it really you know you start to take on that that uh, that. Uh, group consciousness and uh, uh, what you did was absolutely the perfect thing to do I've got another story if I may Um, uh, several years ago in uh, the northeast there was a alien abduction and there was uh, two young uh, people who were at a summer camp uh, the name of the book that is called the Encounter at Buff Ledge. I, I really recommend reading it. It's, it's it, even if you 
are into abduction phenomena. It's, it's an incredible story. The reason the story was incredible is that the young man and the young woman did not talk to each other after it happened for 11 years. And when they started, the young man actually reached out because things were, 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 were bothering him. Uh, he started talking to uh, uh, a researcher, and the researcher found the young lady and separately had them draw had them talk, and the encounter, there were a lot of very, very similar uh, recountings of the experience, and again, they hadn't talked about it for 11 years. So you sitting there and saying, no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's draw into it is really absolutely the best thing you can do. Keep it in there and, and go. Now remember that the, uh, the, the brain also starts to embellish immediately. The only memories that we have that are pristine are the memories that we never recall. Because <laughs> every time mm-hmm. we recount a story or we, we tell something, it gets updated. And so it can change every single time, un- unaware of us. So by not saying anything about it, you kept it in a really, you know, as pristine as you could. And, of course, you went through it in your head and you said, okay, this is what it looked like. But, Shelley, that mm-hmm. was an incredible choice on your part. Well, thank you. I, I really, it, it really was, it bothered me. I just absolutely, that was the first thing that came to my mind was, we absolutely cannot talk about this. Right. You saw what you saw, I saw what I saw, let's not talk. And I pretty much just, you know, retired myself to just the other side of camp. I couldn't, <laughs> it was overwhelming because I wanted to talk about it, you know, of right. course. You know, you're in a group. And everybody's there to look for Bigfoot, and this is exciting, and something happened, and, you know, we've had a lot of stuff actually happen prior to, you know, with knocks and things, and so, and those are all mm-hmm. on recording, but the, yes, it, it, and, and to me, I think it's important as, as people, you know, in this field that are wanting to find out answers to go about, you know, specific ways of, of handling themselves, and what they can put forward as data that that can have something, you know, that can help out other people as far as, you know, techniques that we need to follow, you know, because we're not a scientific group as, as a whole. There are people that try, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in the way of hypnosis and interviewing folks and not leading them into suggesting things, you know, that also applies to those that are, you know, people think, well, I thought you thought we're together. Did you see this? They think that that's, that's validating what they saw, but for me, that's more of suggesting to the other, let's agree on what we saw. Which right. That I feel well, is you know, really not helping us. <laughs> well, not at all, because it, it's the same thing as two people looking at the same uh, scene. You know, your perceptions are different because your perspectives are different. And and of course, it's also based on your uh, your filters, which happen to be your perceptions and your realities. And so, each person has a very unique way of responding to whatever they're experiencing. And no one, no two people have that, even twins, because there's different perceptions and perspectives. And because we have that community uh, uh, attachment, that that. Uh, uh, that that 
feeling or that need to to collaborate in all of this to get the information out really does start to skew it. I'm not saying that people shouldn't talk about what they've experienced, but mm-hmm. it is very, very important to keep it as clean and as pristine as you can. And other people's perceptions are are oftentimes things that, that filter how we experience things too. Because, you know, we have authority figures, we have parents, we have other friends, and they think, well, yeah, I guess you're right. It could be that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. see that. It was this. You know, it was brown. No, no, it was really, it was just really dark, you know. And so anyway, uh, it's, it, it all happens to come down to each individual. And if we don't get those lines grayed by, you know, trying to uh, uh, agree on what we saw, like you said, then mm-hmm. your information is going to be a lot more valuable. Yes. Um, you also said you were talking about going into sessions, you know, say like three sessions with each um, individual and that more comes out So within each session possibly. So which that I find interesting because sometimes people in this field say, well, if the story changes as these people tell it over and over, you know, then they're they're probably lying or they're adding to it. Is there a way we can filter through that to figure out, you know, if that's the case, if it, if they're just actually, you know, telling, you know, things are coming to mind? I find that I have things that I forgot about, you know, that I think to myself, oh, yeah, that happened. I forgot about that. And I don't know what – I don't know what um, – uh, triggers that, or you know, but it may just be in my regular thoughts throughout the day. How mm-hmm. do we differentiate whether it's us filling in the blank, or we're actually reoccurring an actual memory? Um, exceptional question. I, I think that it's really important to cover this because <clears throat> we, our unconscious mind, has the ability to pick up so much information at a time. I, we often, we think about, um, uh, you know, the, the, the conscious mind grabs this much information and the unconscious mind grabs this much information. It, it's, uh, there's a, there is a um, uh, phenomenon called tachypsychia. Have you ever heard of it? Yes, Okay, what it is is it's 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 the mind's ability to well what it's like is it's when you're going through something that that's emotionally charged or traumatic or exciting or whatever time changes and 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 tachypsychia really means that it's slowing time down consciously we have the ability to grab seven plus or minus two bits of information at, at a time and the rest of that stuff just gets sloughed off to the side unconsciously, we are picking up every bit of information. This gets filtered out because it would drive us crazy. However, when it's emotionally charged, we experience it through trachopsychia because our unconscious mind is now kicked in and we're picking up all of these tiny pieces of information and that's how come it seems like time has slowed down because we are experiencing more bits of information. We're aware of it. So mm-hmm. just because you're sitting there and you're 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 talking about something, you think, Oh wow, I, I forgot that tree was across the path like that. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's a lie. It does not mean that it that it's something that you've 
you confabulate, confabulate, what am I trying to say? Confabulation is, is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, you have, yeah. you created it just because. Now, the, the reason that we do multiple sessions and we use the same structure and we do the uh, the cognitive interview is just to make sure that things don't change so drastically. I mean, if somebody says, well, you know, it started out and it was raining and, you know, there was a lot of mud on the path and all of that. And the next time you come in, it says, well, yeah, it was really a nice sunny day. And, you know, the, the, it was it was just all warm. I had to take off my jacket. Well, you know <laughs> that those, those stories don't gel and mm-hmm. there's something going on. And that's a really, really extreme example because most people who tell their stories aren't going to be that far off. But by going through the same process, we just make absolutely sure that the information is cohesive. So let's say that you remembered something uh, additional. Remember, one of the pieces was to recall everything in detail, what it, everything you're seeing. So mm-hmm. if you remember something else about the experience, it's because we're asking for that. And mm-hmm. it's not that you're grabbing it out of, Oh, maybe he wants to hear this this time. So just, no, I, I will have to disagree with the people who say, if your story changes, you're not telling the truth. Uh, uh, I don't think that that is, uh, uh, well, that, that just shuts out a whole lot of possibilities. And I, and I don't think that we should be closed-minded about things like that. So, yeah, I don't, uh, uh, I don't think just because you remembered something new means that you're not telling me the truth. Excellent. Well, that's perfect. I mean, that's, you know that's that's great to hear because you know I've I've talked to a lot of people and sometimes their story doesn't necessarily change but added detail I guess is what I'm, I'm mm-hmm. what it is is yeah. added detail and uh, because I know I'm experiencing that right now you know I may be cleaning house and all of a sudden just a memory of of what you know happened to me, there was another little detail. I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. You know, <laughs> just, it just pops into my head and for no no apparent reason. And um, so, yeah, that's awesome. And, and thank you so much. Um, Shane, you got any questions you want to ask? No, I'm just I'm sitting here listening, just uh, jaw on the floor. This is fascinating. This is really interesting stuff. I, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of blown away. Uh, I think, you know, Doug, your profession being utilized uh, within regards to the Bigfoot phenomenon and, and, and looking at uh, people's uh, witnesses and encounters and stuff, I, it's, I, I see a real future with this. I see, I think it's really exciting. Uh, and this is viable information. Uh, this is solid stuff. I can't really say enough about it because it's just, to me, it's just super exciting. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm sure you're, you're excited about it too. And you, you, you know, you, you obviously, um, do this for you know multiple reasons, but you know what what is your goal uh, with with uh, you know with these witnesses? I think that that succinctly said uh, an accurate database um, of, of information and uh, experiences. I don't know if it will validate. I, I don't know that that's where I'm going. Uh, validate one way or the other. Uh, you know whether it tells me that it's uh or tells us that it's uh paranormal or biological i don't that's not where i'm going i think that it's important to gather the information because suddenly you know after a while it starts to 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 coalesce doesn't it you start to get pieces of information and then you get 
similar pieces of information and starts to build and you get an incredible picture that w- was out there before, but now it's starting to coalesce. And I think that that's what, we want, what I want out of this is, is that, no, I know that's what I want, is to be able to gather the information to make certain we have a really solid database of experience and recall and make certain that it is done in the exact same structure with everybody so that we don't have any questions whether or not this was, you know, done half-assed or not. So, um mm-hmm. I can say that on radio, right? So, yes, um, you can. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's 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 where, uh, um, and, and I will I will I will have to add Guy Edwards to this because this is this is something that Guy and I uh, jumped into together with both feet um, because Guy has, uh, like you said, his hands is in a lot of things, and. Uh, uh, this is as much his baby as as it is mine, and we we uh, 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 gathering the information is is first and foremost the most important piece uh, that we can be doing right now. And if it weren't for Guy, follow, you know, pushing this through, uh, you know, uh, I don't know that we would be where we're at right now. So, uh, a big thank well, you to Guy Edwards. Yeah, yeah, I know he's fantastic, he's and you cool guys, guy. you guys are really doing. <laughs> really doing some fantastic stuff here and I, I see a really great future with it i'm you know i'm excited about it i i uh you know i hope to have you back on if you if you get uh some more witnesses under your belt per se uh you know are you accepting mm-hmm. now um people uh other witnesses uh, especially i mean obviously not remotely but in the oregon washington area uh that may have had an encounter are you still accepting Yes, and, and thank you for bringing that up. Uh, one of the things that, that I have uh, deliberately done is that uh, we're doing this, and, it's, and I don't think I need to say it, but I'm going to. There's no ch- there's no charge. I mean, it, it's That's just awesome. you know we we need to uh, uh, you know get people in, and if they, if they feel comfortable talking about it, you know it shouldn't take any more than their time. Uh, so yeah, if somebody wants to uh, connect, they can connect with either me or they can connect with Guy, and uh, we can set up a time to sit down and talk, and you know, not about the encounter, but talk about what we're going to do, and if they're interested in moving forward. So yes, we're we're open to working with other people. Fantastic. How what is the best way to reach reach you? Uh, the best way to reach me is actually through my email address and it is Gresham Hypnosis Center at gmail dot com. Oh fantastic. Uh really good yeah. stuff. Doug uh do you have anything else do you have anything else to say? Have, uh, um yeah yeah go ahead Shelley. I have one question. Um so obviously not everybody. I'm assuming you can't do these sessions on the phone for people. They actually need to be there with you since you document and do digital yeah. um, recordings and yeah. such. Um, yeah. Is there anything you can help? I mean, I would love to to do this for myself, but is there any suggestions you have for people out there who want to actually? I would like to be able to practice some kind of technique to where maybe I can get some more detail of my own story. Is there sort of like a self-hypnosis that mm-hmm. we can go through where we can maybe pull more detail out of our own stories? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit it. Uh, self-hypnosis is, is an incredible tool. Uh, and it's it's not um, 
it's not a difficult thing to do. I mean, like I said, people daydream all the time, and and that's really what it is. It, it just becomes daydreaming with a purpose. So mm-hmm. you know, if you if you did go through and you say, okay, well, what was I doing that day? Put yourself into trance. It's really simple. It's mm-hmm. you know, one of the most simple ways is to close your eyes and take three deep breaths because you go from beta to alpha. Uh, brainwave frequencies that quick just by closing your eyes and taking three deep breaths. So now you've already slowed down in your brain and you are starting to relax. And then just let yourself relax. I mean, the old progressive relaxation, moving up through your toes and all of that, or whatever way you find to relax, because it's it's your it's your it's your thing. So just let it be as natural as you can. Don't put things into it because that just clouds the whole thing. So just Find a place, find a time where you can get really, really relaxed. Intention is the most important key here. Mm-hmm. Your intention is to recall more information. And, you know, if you feel like it's, it's, it's valuable, uh, everybody has a digital recorder. If you've got a telephone, you've got that now. You could, you could be recording whatever you're doing. You can, you know, I, I just encourage you to, you know, uh, to talk out loud and go through it because okay. some people think that when you're in hypnosis and you start talking, you come out and that's not true. Uh, so you can definitely gather more information. The only thing that's going to happen with self-hypnosis is that is you're not going to get the depth that you normally would with a facilitator. And uh, a facilitator has, a, has has the job to make certain that we stay on track. Uh, the unconscious mind, the conscious mind, likes to wander. So that's why intention is important. But the more you do it, the more practiced you get, the the better it's going to be. So, yeah, uh, okay. I, I would encourage that. And there are as many ways to you do self-hypnosis as there are people in the world. So find what okay. works for you. And 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 don't be discouraged. Uh, uh Practice, practice, practice. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for answering my questions. I've truly enjoyed visiting with you tonight, and you've given us tons of insight, and I am going to practice those self-hypnosis um, <laughs> ideas and see if I can come up with things that, you know, that I don't remember off the top of my head. So thank you so much, well, Doug. You're welcome, Shelley, and I, I will extend this invitation if you happen to be out in the Washington, Oregon area sometime. You can, you know, we can uh, uh, set up a session and uh, uh, awesome. explore. I would love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Thank you. Well, yeah, that sounds. Uh, yeah, that. Do you we'll definitely have to get. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to get you out here, Shelley, and and uh, that, that'd be. Uh, That'd be a, a, a follow-up show for sure. <laughs> exactly. That would be great. I would love that because I'm a, I, you know, like I said, I'm a fan. Uh, it's helped me through some of the worst stuff, you know, and there are some issues I couldn't, you know, necessarily, I need a little help with. And, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, that would be great. Uh, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Well, All Doug, right, Shane, you got any a, more questions? Yeah, I'm, I, sorry. I'm I'm gonna wrap up the show here, but I just wanna I wanna, you know, thank Doug again for joining us. Really fascinating stuff, really fascinating show. And I think that like I said before, the future um holds some unique unique things with this uh this type of uh you know, 
this is just a different different approach to the subject uh, and one that's not really talked about, but I think it's going to be talked about more and more, and it's going to be utilized. And I really hope people take advantage of your offer uh, for those in the area uh, that would like to, you know, um, go through one of your sessions or a couple of your sessions. So thank you so much, Doug. Well, I want to thank you both, uh, Shane and Shelley, for having me on. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you, and this has been a, a, a pleasant afternoon for me. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Doug, and we'll we'll talk soon and hope to have you back on the air sometime. I look forward to that. Have a good afternoon. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, Shelly, uh, fascinating show, huh? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I, mean, I, I think we we um, actually, you know, came across some new ideas, which, you know, I love the idea that uh, – he talked about, you know, t- people having themselves tell the story uh, backwards or in different, you know, uh, uh, you know, questioning people yeah. uh, differently about their encounters. That helps, um, you know, the self-hypnosis and, you know, and also about how sometimes when people talk about their encounter and, you know, there's more detail added as time goes on does not necessarily mean that they're, you know, lying or or fibbing about their encounters. And, I mean, I know that's giving me some new tools to work with, you know, on my investigations. And, you know, that's what we're here for is to share and uh, uh, always collect new ideas and try to just make this a, a... a better way to do things, you know, because it's, yeah, it's just absolutely. fascinating to me. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a great it's just show. Really fascinating, and, and Doug, Doug uh, Meacham, he's such an awesome guy, and he's absolutely. doing this, you know, free, uh, you know, and and uh, so I, I suggest that, you know, if you're in the Oregon, Washington area or traveling through and you've had an encounter experience, uh, to uh, contact Doug, uh you know, be, it may you may find out some more stuff, some more details, uh, and uh, it will help you know with future of this as far as uh, collecting this data and, and these similarities and stuff. So it's fascinating stuff. Really enjoyed the show. I did too. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. I, I truly enjoyed it, and uh, always uh, look forward to Montrex episodes. And glad to be a part of it. Well, hey, once again, uh, thank you, Shelly, for joining us. So you asked some very poignant uh, and direct questions. Uh, I know Doug appreciated them. I'm sure our audience did, and I I, I did. And so uh, we'll have you back on again uh, down the road here. But, you know, thank you for uh, joining us. Absolutely not a problem at all. Hey, well, Shelly, I'm going to uh, call it a night. And I just want to thank you, our, our viewing audience. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, with Monster X Radio, Gunnar Monson will be back, uh, and uh, we will have another fantastic fo- show for you. So uh, enjoy your evening, and have a great night, Shelley. You too. Good night, everybody. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.